Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 89, Drag Me to Hell from 2009. Hello and welcome back. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the first episode of 2021. Come on, fingers crossed, 2021. It's going to be a better year, he says from lockdown. (laughs) Now, we've got a great show uh, lined up for you. Um, I can't wait to get started. But before we go anywhere and I introduce my very special co-host on this episode, let's check out the trailer for Drag Me to Hell. Mr. Jax, I was wondering if you'd made any decision regarding the assistant manager's position. It's between Stu and yourself. Stu Rubin, the new guy? Stu's someone who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. I'm perfectly capable of making the tough decisions. I'll let you know as soon as I decide, okay? Will you help me? Please. Okay. We have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment. We would have to throw her out of her house. We've already granted her two extensions. It's a tough decision. Your call. Another extension is out of the question. Where will I live? I'm really sorry. Never have I begged for anything. But now, I humble myself before you. I beg you. Please let go. Please let go. comes begging to me. Someone has cursed you. Is the Lamia, the most feared of all demons. For the first three days, the spirit torments its victims. After that, it will come to take you. Take me where? To burn in hell for eternity. It's coming for me. Please listen to me. There is nothing coming for you. How do I get rid of this? I welcome you. You can give the curse away. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and I am joined by the one, the only, our man in London, Mr. Darren Hall. How the devil are you, sir? Bear with me, bear with me. I've lost a button somewhere. Um, (laughs) Had it on my jacket this morning. Seems to have been ripped off. Uh, I'm not sure where that's going. Uh, But other than that, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm okay. I've just, uh, I've been avoiding uh, turning down loans. For old age pensioners. Um, Good move. Smart. Yeah. Never Smart ends well. Thinking. Forget the promotion. You don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are talking today for, um, and I'm, we're talking from 2009 that I totally forgotten it was 2009. For some reason, I thought it was much, much sort of later than that. Um, and I remember seeing it when it first came out 
and I kind of forgotten about it. We are talking 2009's Drag Me to Hell, directed by the one and only Sam Raimi. Now, this was your first viewing of it, I understand. Yes, this one uh, completely passed me by, but that's mainly because, uh, as I said to you off mic, anything really past, you know, the end of the 80s, horror-wise, I haven't paid much attention to. Um, the Final Destinations, um, I watched watched them with my brother, uh, The Ring, um, but yeah, most of it, you probably count on one hand the post-80s stuff I've seen in terms of horror, so got a lot of catching up today, so uh, thanks for recommending we do this one, because I enjoyed it. I, and you know what, watching it again, um, I really, really enjoyed it, however... It's it's not perfect. No. There's there's a few things. <laughs> there's a few things. There's a few moments in it. Um, but of course, Drag Me to Hell was directed uh, by the amazing Sam Raimi, one of my heroes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, produced by Robert Tappard and Grant Curtis. Written by Sam Raimi and his brother Ivan Raimi. Um, it stars uh, Alison Lohman, Justin Long, Lorna River, uh, Raver, sorry, um, Dilip Rayo, David Palmer, and Adriana Barzaria. Um, however, as always with a lot of Raimi films, there are some great supporting actors in this. Um, there are some absolute gene. There's some great, great, great um, supporting cast. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but this really is. You know, when you look at this film, the title "Drag Me to Hell" pretty much does what it says on the tin. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it opens straight into that. But you know, it doesn't shy away. Um, I really like the opening. I, I think it's got really good title credits as well. It, yeah, you know, and the, and the music's fantastic. It really brings you in, and then it's you know, within minutes, you're like, oh yeah, drag me to hell um, as the young Hispanic boy. Um, is dragged through the floor into into hell for the uh, the heinous crime of stealing a silver necklace. Well, you got to learn, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think if, if youngsters these days were more if more of them were dragged to hell, that would teach them. That would learn them good. <laughs> All right, Grandpa. <laughs> Back in my day, I was regularly dragged to hell by demons. Yes. And All for right, stealing apples. <laughs> Can I speak to Hugh? Can I speak to Hugh? Is he in there? I mean, essentially, this is um, the story of um, Christina Brown, who is a loan officer who, in a bid to impress her boss um, and gain that uh, assistant manager's position, turns down the loan of... Um, a desperate um how would you describe her because she's some well, kind of eastern european um sort of I think, rich, I suppose. yeah yeah i think it's a it's a frowned upon phrase i'm not too sure if we can use it anymore but um on wikipedia describes her as a european gypsy woman um that's you know, let's go with Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flash back well, not flash back, just highlight here that I think the casting 
of Christina Brown. Sorry, Christine Brown. It's Alison Lohman. Yeah. Um, and Sylvia Ganush, yes. uh, Lorna Raver, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And the way that, I mean, so Christine looks so innocent. Yes. And, you know, just an everyday girl next door, you know, trying, you know, trying to do well in a man's world. You know, the patriarchy's basically kicking her ass. Um, and, you know, she just, I just thought, I put it in my notes, the casting of her is just brilliant because you can't help but feel something for her. Just like immediately, you're just like, you know, this is not, you know, this is not on. She's in such a difficult position. Yeah. And then she definitely, definitely, definitely wants to do the right thing. But um, she's a she's a real person. Yeah. She's yeah, a real a person. And it. I think, you know, and you kind of think to yourself, would I have done the same thing? And it's like, oh, oh would I? Not to digress or, you know, go down the wrong route in a, in a uh, fun movie chat, but, I mean, you need policy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's policy in the bank, if you, you know, if, if three strikes you're out, then... There's no decision to make. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. It's need a good policy writing there's down a, at the bank. There's a reason why we have systems and structures, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. But there's a moment where you can see the you can see the conflict going on, um, in sort of you know with Alison Lohman's portrayal, uh, you can see that 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 real inner battle, and you can that, that yeah. you know she takes that deep breath and thinks right no no I'm just gonna I I am not going to be the soft touch, and I am going to evict this person. Um, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is down. So the boss is dangling a carrot. Yeah. You know, you, you might get the job, you might not. You might get the job, which is just a total dick move. Yeah. Um, but also, I think she's under pressure from her boyfriend's family, isn't she? Yes. She, she, so she feels she's a farm girl, isn't she? And they're yeah. very, very, very wealthy people. And she feels lower. You know, she feels like she's a lower class to them. And she wants to basically raise a profile to live up to their expectations. Which, so she's got you know, two pretty significant forces yeah. guiding her hand into a decision that she doesn't want to make. Yeah. Which is where you see the anguish, isn't it? She yeah. knows what she wants to do, but she doesn't think that she should do that. Yeah. Which is kind of torturous in its own way. And I love the fact that we get to know her because I think that the the danger would have been to make her a very sort of very flat, one-dimensional character, but we get to know her backstory a little bit. We see, you know, where she won, was it the Pri- Prize Porker Queen or Porker Queen <laughs> Award? And, yeah. she's, you know, she's clearly, you know, she's she's a bit chubby when she was younger and she's lacto-intolerant. And, you know, and there's all the... And then we find out about sort of her father died and then her mother's an alcoholic. We find, And there's all these things that layer it, layer it, layer it, layer it. And then, you know, we get to meet the boyfriend's family. Or we hear the the mother having the conversation with the boyfriend um, on the phone. 
and you just think, oh my god, they just they sound awful. They sound like awful, <laughs> just just like an awful yeah. person. So that need for her to sort of impress is just is just it, the desperation is just oozing off her. Yeah, the mother doesn't pull any punches, does she? She, she I mean, she she front up says, you know, she's beneath you. Yes, absolutely. You know, the farm girl is beneath you. Yeah, yeah, and equally, uh, Lorna Raver as as Ganesh yeah. is just she's amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Just brilliant, brilliant. Just terrifying, and the like, and little again, little character touches. Like taking the teeth out, yeah. To eat the stealing sweets. the sweets, yeah. And then pouring the sweets into a bag, and like the the dirty nail. Now I've got a thing about dirty nails. Anyway, it's one of those things that like goes through me, and like when she's yeah. drumming her nails on the t- and it's like, oh no. But yet, yeah, she's when she flips. Oh, she's scary as fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> She proper loses her shit. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, it's 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 just, just a wonderful character that she plays and brings it to life. Yeah, absolutely. And and the switch as well, like from the minute the security turn up and she is immediately humble and small again. Yeah. And she's saying, you shamed me. You know, you've shamed me. I asked you for help and you shamed me. And that kind of switch of personality was just portrayed brilliantly. Yeah. It was just like because she became smaller. Yeah. Visually smaller and 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 meek. And then like like a second ago she was trying to tear her face off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just like, whoa, what a performance. And it's a great scene because what the way it's shot as well, you get this you get and what I love about this, and I, I am a huge fan of Sam Raimi. I mean, the Evil Dead films—they just—they're just genius. They're geniuses, yeah. you know. And even you know, films like Dark Man, um, which is which is so so overlooked. It is criminally overlooked. I um, love it. It's a secret, uh, hidden, guilty pleasure of mine. I yeah. just think it's a brilliant film. And Liam Neeson in it is totally unhinged. Yeah. Totally unhinged. And like every people automatically now, you know, uh, there's a whole generation of people who jump immediately to the Spider-Man films. Um, but Raimi's work before that, you know, is just, he's a phenomenal filmmaker. Yeah. But we get yeah. all of those Raimi touches and the camera movement and the way it's shot. And what I love about this scene this opening moment between between Christina and Ganesh is that you get the classic sort of, you get the status, you, you, the, the, how the status between two characters switches. So yeah. you get that shot, uh, you know, of Christina being stood above her, and her on the, and her being on, being on her knees and it being shot upwards. So you get this idea that this this sort of juxtaposition of status. And low and low status, and then it flips really, really quickly, and you get this old sort of, you know, this 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 sort of old, almost senile woman, just completely dominating this younger person who a moment ago was stood over her. 
It's a brilliant. Yeah. It's so well done. It's such it a is. great scene. It's such a great scene. And the other person throughout the um, the whole film, and he does such a good job of this, is Reggie Lee. Um, yeah. Who plays the sort of um, the competition for Christine, uh, his character, Steve yeah. Rubin. He's such a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, I mean, he's the office douchebag. Yes. Yes. And then you've got like, um, and David Palmer, uh, or Palmer, sorry, is who's the boss. Um, yeah, he's, he's a great character actor. Oh, oh, he plays it so well. So, and he's just, he just kind of, I mean, it's all direction, isn't it? But he hangs around the periphery in such a, such a kind of, again, real world way, like the boss would do. Not interfere, not interfering, not helping. No, but present. Just being a total shit house. Yeah, and then when they remove Ganoush, yeah, they he says to her, "You handled that right." Yeah, just deadpan, just you know, not oh that poor woman or are you okay? Just you handled that right. Yeah, yeah, well done. Move on. Yeah, and that was and it. Just, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's like, yeah, do you thank you for that? But like, and I'm. We then, you know, obviously, we get these this, we get the moment afterwards then where everything is sort of everybody sort of goes back to their normal day job and everything's calmed down, and then he, he sort of dangles this idea over her about, um, you know, oh, you did a good job with this, you know, you did a really really good job on this, and so I said, will you take it home and finish it? She's really excited, and then we get this scene in the car park. Um, where a P- anybody who is a fan of any Sam Raimi film will automatically, and actually just before that scene as well, we get a l- glimpse of uh, Sam Raimi folklore, which is, do we know, sir, Mr. Hall, which is the... Mr. Hall does not know. Please educate, It is sir. the Yellow Delta 88, which oh. makes an appearance in every single Sam Raimi film. It is Sam Raimi's car. Um, and it has been nice. in everything he has ever directed since The Evil Dead. Nice. It makes nice an appearance in it. It is. And it's, it, and it's Ganesh's car. Um, and in Bruce Campbell's autobiography, If Chins Could Kill. Um, yeah. And the follow-up when he talks about that car and, like, his desire to destroy the car. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, I love the fact that it's there. You know, because yeah, the, that's the, cool. there was a big gap from Army of Darkness to this. Um, so, you know, I think it's about 10 years between Army of Darkness and and Drag Me to Hell, where Raimi didn't really do it, didn't do any horror. Produced a lot, but this is his first horror film that he's made in God knows how long. Um, but it's good to see the car back. Yeah, And nice. you just think, yeah, that's Ash, Ash's car. Yes, it's there. I get it. I, I mean, it, it's well, it, it, it's a, it, you know, we, we know, and it, it's that sort of, it's like, you know, you're in a Raimi film automatically when you see it, you know, you know what you're in for. Um, and then we get this brilliant scene um, in the car park. I, as a, for a first time watch, I was not expecting this Smackdown to ensue. 
Yeah. And it was and it was awesome. And I loved every minute of it. Because yeah. it was such it was such a battle. <laughs> it was just men. I just loved it. And it's like I don't even know I don't even know who I was rooting for at that point. I was just enjoying the the battle. I just Yeah, and it's that sort of it's what I love is it's got that sense of Sam Raimi slapstick. That sort of yeah. you, know, you you can see again his love of the three stooges. Um, the physicality of that fight um, is, and and just just how funny it is. Yeah, just how funny it is. I mean, from like where she gets the stapler and he's yes, hitting her in the bonkers. face, you know. And then one of my favourite moments in it is when she kicks her false teeth out. Yeah, it's genius. <laughs> and then she and then she puts them back in to yeah. bite her. Yeah, or well, the fact that she's bitter before when the teeth oh, are out, so she's like, yeah, when, she, when she's sucking on her chin, it's like, gross. Oh, it's just, but it's so physical. There's it a lot of fluid so, in this movie. Yes, and again, it's 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 a you know if you you look back at Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. I mean, the there is there is so many nods in this to that and like obviously the ridiculous amount of of bodily fluid yeah of various just, different colors yeah yeah it's just bonkers but the fight i mean the stapler i'm not sure the eye would hold up to a staple in it for oh. one <laughs> it, it, it did make me wince it did make me wince and then, like, it's just... all the saliva and, like, the green. And the... it's just like, oh, yeah. oh. However, <laughs> the... when she boots her and she goes yeah. through the door, that is a mass. That's a great fall. That's a great bump. Um, yeah. What I love about this as well is that Alison uh, Lohman did pretty much all her own stunts. And you can tell. Yeah. You can see it, right? Just from the angles. She had to have done. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I, I I just I was I loved it, and I'd forgotten how good that scene is. Even oh, it's brilliant. And even down to the sound in that in that scene, all the like the heavy breathing and the growling, and the sort of you know you can't see her, and but you know that she's lurking by. And then yeah. before, and then she just appears out of that back seat. Yeah, yeah. The light of that moment is just perfect. Yeah. Because she does. It does look like she appears, doesn't it? It's just, and it's just, it's so well done. It is so well done, and it's, it's, it's sort of, it, it's, it's it, it's sort of like it, it's almost like a classic Raimi moment where she just, you get all of the. You get the great noise, you get the great build-up, and then you get, you know, then you get the you, the reveal, and then we go into yeah. this great slapstick, um, you know, to coin a coin a WWE phrase, a good slobber knocker. It's <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, it's a great moment. It is a great, 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 great moment in the film, and the the two actresses in it are superb. They are yeah, absolutely superb. Um, obviously, first time watching it. Um, what were you, you know? You said you weren't expecting. What were you? What do you think was going to happen? 
I honestly don't know. Um, because I, I didn't know anything about this film at all. It completely, you know, passed me by. And when you said, let's do it, I was kind of like, as always, I don't want to know anything about it. I'm just going to watch it outright. Um, and there was a scene at the bank, and I just thought she was going home, and then something was going to happen when she got home. So I, I thought maybe the curse was already done. Yeah. So she gets home, and then shit happens. So then I was thinking, you see the car, don't you? She walks past the car, and she clocks it. So then I'm thinking, oh, is this where we get like a, a car chase? Is she going to follow her home, do some at her house? Yeah. Just didn't expect, you know, a big Barney in the <laughs> in the under, uh, in the underground car park, and that's mainly because you know you're she's an old lady. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, you know, maybe she goes and gets her sons or something like that, and it all, and you go that. And I didn't know what kind of horror film this was going to be. I mean, the name, as you said, gives it away to some respect, but you don't, you never know how these things are going to play out. Because sometimes titles aren't, you know, very yeah. helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, it just it just wasn't what I was expecting. I don't hundred percent know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> what I love though is that it sets up a couple running gags throughout this film. Is that you know the, the first one is if there's anything like some kind of liquid that is gross. And disgusting. It's going to end up in Christine's mouth. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, Gunnish is going to be pulling her hair out. Yeah. At some point, she's yeah. going to be pulling her hair out. There, it, there is something at some. You know, even when she's dead, she manages yeah. to pull her hair out or, and spew something into her. It's just, it's just awful. Yeah. It is awful. Now. The next, you know, we, we so she goes through all of this, all of these moments and what have you, and eventually, you know, the boyfriend. Um, well, this but, is where she gets the the fight is where she gets the button, isn't it? Yes. That, that, so that's like kind of massive, isn't it, to the yeah. story? Because she, Christine, thinks that she's won, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, she says, she, "I, I, I got you, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> but. Once again, uh, Ganesh turns the tables and she manages to grab the, the button off her coat sleeve, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then kind of does a little bit of a ritual on it right there in the car park. Um, and then the, and then we kind of move on then, don't we? She goes, she goes to see the boyfriend. Yeah. Now, Justin Long... Um... Is he's a really interesting actor, Justin Long? Is he always just man? He's got the look of somebody who is just who you expect to be a total dick. Yeah. And his character throughout this sort of throughout this film walks a very very fine line between the caring boyfriend and total douchebag. Yeah. And Justin Long is really good at playing those type of characters. Yeah, he pulls it. He pulls it out of the bag, doesn't he, in terms of character. Yeah. One thing, I'll jump ahead to your what didn't work for you um, section because I've got a few things, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, have you ever seen the movie Dodgeball? I have. Absolutely hilarious movie with Vince Vaughn and Justin Long is the main ish one of the main characters yeah. in it. Yeah. And is the wimpiest, softest, most pathetic person you've ever seen in a in a movie. Yeah. Um I couldn't get I struggled to get past that. Yeah. For like my my mind just kept going to dodgeball. And it because he's so He's really, really distinctive, isn't he? In the oh, way God, that he yeah. looks. Yeah. And um, it's kind of like, oh, it's the dodgeball guy. And then he was the dodgeball guy for a lot of this film. But as it got through, when she's trying to scuffle, I know we're jumping around the, the timeline, but when she's trying to get together the 10 grand yeah, and he comes through, it was as if he then pushed, dragged me to hell through dodgeball into this is a more significant character. Yeah. Yeah. Now and then he was kind of just awesome from that point forward, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well you can see, there's a real switch. Way. Yeah, you can yeah. see the switch in him. And there's a character there's a fully fleshed out character. And you just because all along you just think, oh God, just just give it a break. Just, yeah. Give me something give me something new. And I think, you know, and the scene where where they go are following the attack in the underground, where they go into the go into like the the palm readers, um, yeah. And obviously, I you know me and my wife we spend an awful lot of time in Glastonbury. Um, <laughs> it was like walking into one of the shops in Glastonbury, <laughs> even down to like the Ravi Shankar music playing, and you just think, ah, I know where I, I know that guy. I bet he's got some. Paolo Santo um, incense in there. <laughs> I wonder, is it going to be cheaper? When does he got Dragon's Blood incense? Hmm, let's have a little look here. Let's go, what cards you got? You can almost smell <laughs> the incense <laughs> coming off. Um, and like, even in there where he, his character, and I suppose it's, it's I suppose it's, it's, even though we've seen that kind of character to him, um, I suppose it, it, it's mark of a sort of, of a good performance really. That he's still trying. He's trying to be this like dick towards the you know the palm reader and you know those yeah. kind of things. But he never quite pulls it off. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And Dilabreo um, as um, as Jazz is brilliant in this. I think he does a really yeah. good job because he hasn't got an awful. There's not an awful lot for for his character to do. You know, he's essentially the exposition guy in this film. Yeah, but he works with it well and he becomes believable. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's the sage kind of character. He's, he, you know, he's, yeah. he, you know, he sort of understands. And, and it's a great scene, actually, where the demon, sort of the shadow of the demon appears. Yeah. Um, it's a really good, it's a really good moment. I think, I think what he does well is that, he doesn't really know. He's got an idea. Yeah. But he's not he's not like bona fide Derek Cora, you know, speaking to the dead. He's um <laughs> Confession time. He's... I I saw Derek Cora live. Oh man. I'm and jealous. I met him. Oh, be even more jealous. Mary loves that Derek. man stunk of dupe. <laughs> well, he's a you know, very, very Suave, sophisticated fella. 
honestly, to the point where it burnt, it, it, it was like burning your nose. <laughs> yes, I shook oh. hands with Derek Akora. Oh man, you, you, you can you can die a happy man. Oh, I can. It was really interesting because he'd be there going, "I'm getting the letter." B C D J. I'm getting a J. There's a John. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, this guy wasn't Derek. No. It was just kind. Of, it just kind of pushes it. I just. It's really. It's an authentic performance. Of. Like a medium spiritualist type who uh, hasn't witnessed anything like this before, and it's like I kind of know. I think. Yeah. Maybe. Well, let's give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, there's a great line when they're talking after, and he says, "But will he offer to give you the money back?" And he says, "Yeah, he offered, and then he didn't." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I gotta be honest. I think, and you know, that's not bad business, him. is it? That's not bad. Yeah, I'm with him. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, as the escalation, because obviously the curse takes place over three days. Yeah. Um, it sort of ramps up fairly quickly. Yeah. So this is the point where I got a little bit worried. Right. So I like horror. Um, something that I could get my hands on. And you know, have a fight with tens, not you know, jump scares and stuff like that. If it's a good one, will make me jump. Yeah. Um, things like Jason, uh, you know, Michael Myers, stuff like that. If in my in my mind's eye, I would fight them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, the thing that scares me is ghosts, entities, spirits, that kind of paranormal shit that you can't see. Yeah but can kill you to death. That's the kind of thing that, you know, wake up in the night dying for a slash, or I don't want to go to the toilet because I've watched, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. something like, like The Changeling or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when, when we got to this scene where it was all invisible and she's getting thrown about and stuff like that, that was kind of when I was like, I think I'll turn the light on. Because um, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, if this is one of these films, I'm going to be scared. It's going to scare me. Yeah. Um, and when I got to the end of it, I was like, this film could have gone a total other way. Yeah. And it could have gone a really, really shit, scary way. Yeah. Because like, I, I, I guess most people are probably the same. If it's some sort of, invisible entity with that kind of power and it can just like drag you around the room and smash you into the oven and that kind of thing yeah what are you gonna do you know you can run away from michael myers can't you yeah with a car that kind of thing um so yeah that was a bit and that's when i uh kind of yeah it kind of kicked in there i was thinking fucking hell what's you done here is this shit scary this film <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what have you got what has he got me into yeah um but then I, as we, you know that 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 scene is kind of like it's on its own isn't it that bit 
it's kind yeah. of on its own. It doesn't happen again, any, anything like that. And the shadows of the like goat-type character are really, really well done. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are some great jump scares in this, but there are, I mean, in mm. total, there are 13 jump scares in this film. Wow. Um, so it gets to the point where it's a bit excessive. Yeah. But this opening, yeah, I... this opening attack is really well done. Yeah. And the noise, Scary. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's it's you know it, it, this. I gotta be honest. I'd forgotten how tense that scene was. Um, but even the noise, the noise when the demon hits her. Yeah. That was quite sort of like oh what oh right okay. This is this is serious, and yeah. you know, I'm totally with you on that. That idea, this film could have gone very, very. This, it could have become incredibly dark. Yeah, it could have become incredibly dark. It's um, and it's again, it's a sign of Sam Raimi is able to sort of turn it on and turn it off. Yeah, um, and I think with this one, I think sometimes it's sort of striking, trying to strike the balance between the two. Yeah. And I think yeah. the the balance on times is a little bit off. I think it, it, it it's, I love, you know, I don't give me I love this film, but I think sometimes it, because it's, we get, you know, like I said, we get excessive jump scares in this. The balance is not quite there. Yeah. But this opening yeah. moment is is very very dark. Yeah, really is. Now we sort of <laughs> so we get this we get we get the attack, and then she goes into work the next day. Um, yes. And I think the the best way to describe it is the nosebleed from hell. Yeah, I think volcanic nosebleed. <laughs> um, I mean, and that was like. That scene is so resetting. Yeah. Because I was like, where is this film going? Like like I said before. And then that happened, and I burst out laughing. <laughs> you know, it just, that really made me laugh, because it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And I was just like, right, you know, reset, you know, you know, yeah. switch the light back off, move the pillows. Yeah. You know, put the shotgun down, <laughs> all that stuff. Take the crucifix um, off your neck. Yeah, yeah. Get the holy water. Uh, tell the wife to stand uh, down. You don't the need the Roman ritual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I honestly just burst out laughing at that point because it, it was just, man. Yeah. That was like, that was like Turbo Kid. And the, yeah, it was. And I, I love the fact it starts with a little drip. Yeah. It just. You got a nosebleed. <laughs> yeah. And David, you know, the boss's reaction, is it in my mouth? Did it go in my mouth? Did it go in yeah. my mouth? It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. And just, like, fast forward ahead a bit. She goes back into work shortly after, and her desk is clean and everything is... And nobody yeah. says a word. No. No. Yeah. But then is it, like, one of those awkward things that everybody is talking about it? But nobody's saying anything to that person. Because I mean, they... you'd have you'd have to ask, like, how did you not bleed to death? Yeah, <laughs> you're still here. Yeah, yeah. You, you lost at least nine pints out of your left nostril. Now I know if that had happened in Wales, 
the first thing somebody would have said was, fucking hell, love, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that would have been the first thing. Fucking stroll on, you all right? Yeah. <laughs> Doing a bit of too much Charlie, have you, babe? <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling you, my my glue is for my for my ships, not sticking up your fucking nose. Twin town quote there for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But... Oh, what a film! <laughs> we just had the FA Cup this yeah. weekend. Aren't we? we did indeed. We did indeed. Oh, but yeah, what a that, scene! But that moment is we you can really see everything is unraveling for this for, for her. At yeah. a rate of knots. Yeah. At a rate of knots. And, you know, the I think it leads us to that moment, doesn't it? Where it is the the parental, the in-laws dinner from hell. Well, first, um, they go home, don't they? Uh, yeah. And she, the fly. They yes. go home, they go to bed, uh, and a fly gets in through the window. And there's a few more shapes and stuff, isn't there? Yeah. And then the fly, oh, it's minging. Um, and it and it took me right back to uh, Amateurville. Oh, yes. Get and I've out. Always had a, yeah, I've always had a problem with flies watching that movie much too young. And, um, and it forces itself, the way that it forces itself into her mouth and then just doesn't come out again. <laughs> Uh, like, because it goes, it goes up her nose, doesn't it, and then yes. back out, and yeah. it crawls over her eye. Yeah, and she's like, just like batting it away as if, I mean, how asleep? I guess she's lost a lot of blood, so she's probably very asleep. Yeah, uh, and then <laughs> yeah. it just crawls into her mouth, doesn't it? And then the next day, it's um, she's trying to brush off everything that's happened. <laughs> uh, I think I'd be on a you know, a therapist couch somewhere. Yes. Um, she's trying to brush it off, and then it, yeah, like you say, it's time for the the, the big dinner with uh, mom and pops. Yeah. Round at the mansion. Yeah, and, and, and you could see, and you know, and I think the most heartbreaking moment for her for her character is this is like the mother-in-law from hell. Yeah. It's like total ice queen. And Tote. I just want to say, once again, great casting. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely superb casting. It is, you know, it is an amazing, amazing, horrible performance. I mean, um, Chelsea uh, Chelsea Ross as the father-in-law is absolutely brilliant in this. Mm. And and Molly Cheek, who plays the, the mother-in-law, um, she's superb. She is a great, great, um, great actress. And like most people will remember as being Jim's mother uh, from the American Pie movies. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, she's you know, a great actress, great character actress. Um, but yeah, she's there and she's given absolutely no room for this kid to sort of wiggle or, you know, she she's made her mind up. About it, and she's like grilling her about the cake. Yeah, she's like, "Is that a farm cake?" Yeah, and, and she's like, "Oh no, well yeah, well not anymore." Well, <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and you know you could and it's like you, you feel for her because she's desperate desperate to make a good impression you know she's dressed up nice she's you know she's baked a cake um she's doing everything that she can and you know it, it's only when she sort of like says about like her mother being an alcoholic and those kind of things that the ice breaks and it's then such it's, a no go on it, it's such a great way to learn about the character absolutely um, and use that knowledge to break down this situation yeah so we're, we're learning about christine we're also heartening that she's now overcoming this terrible mother-in-law yeah and everything is simmering down and it's i mean sam raimi's a fucker isn't he because he's like he's setting us up <laughs> well, you know he's absolutely yeah. setting us up because we're like oh this is great you know She's got this really bad past, but she's got this great boyfriend. And then she had trouble with the mother, but she's now wooing her. Yeah. Uh, and being honest and, and talking about her achievements. And she's actually really good at her job. And the dad's really involved. And then we get to. Well, bleeding fly eye cake. It's <laughs> just like, it is just like trauma conga for this person, isn't it? Just yeah. just pile one thing on after the and then you can you know it's almost like you know she you you do feel like the character is losing her mind Christina is losing yeah. her mind because yeah. everything is getting much louder um the she's she's hallucinating um uh, then the cake flies out no the fly flies out of the cake oh, it flies out of her mouth doesn't it yeah. when she coughs yeah. Yeah. And there's a brilliant moment where the mother looks down at the cake and sees raisins. Yes. And is absolutely disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. The, ah. And she like pushes it away. And then she throws the wine glass. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, no. And she, you know, she, she eventually gets, you know, runs off and the mother is saying, you know, you shouldn't, you know, you just need to stay away from her. She's crazy. It's yeah. just, it's so, it's so sad. <laughs> it's it terrible. Is so sad. And then obviously we get to that point then where, you know, and don't forget before this, she sacrificed her cat. Oh, yeah. Which is just, <laughs> which is what that, that moment where she's walking around the house going, here, kitty, kitty, and she's got a knife in her hand. And it's just like, oh. And then it leads to the like awkward conversation with the um, with the boyfriend. Yeah. And he says, "Oh, we, you know, we have a catch, maybe." <laughs> just... Yeah. She goes, "He's like, is that blood on your sleeve?" She's like, "No, it was a raspberry." Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was chopping up tomatoes. Like... That was it. Yeah. yeah not Bit of a colour difference there, flower. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. You know, but we get that, you know, we get that awful thing. And then we get the scene where he comes, to, where she's like selling all of her, th all of her possessions. So the jump scare here in the garage yes. is phenomenal. Yes. Absolutely brilliant. I fucking shit myself. It is timed it... to perfection. Oh, man, I hit the roof, I swear. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> I was like, Shit. But the fact that she then puts her fist down her throat. Yeah. See, this is what this is what I want to get to when we talk about what works, what doesn't 
later because to go from that epic jump scare, which, I mean, was enough. It was enough that, yeah. you know, and then she sticks her arm down her throat. Uh, and then for some reason, there's an anvil hanging from the ceiling yeah. in the garage. Now, I love that. And I love the fact that there is absolutely no explanation as to why this very urban, very small <laughs> small woman would have an anvil. Yeah. And have the anvil this... hoisted high above, near to where there's a set of uh, ice skates. Yeah, I just I was disappointed. I didn't say Acme on the side of the anvil. And I mean, again, it is that it it you know Sam Raimi's well known for his love of Looney Tunes, very much like Joe Dante, yeah. and it's just there because it's it's just an opportunity to do that gag. Yeah, which but it does kind of sum up this film. Which we'll get to. Yes. Yes. Let's not jump the gun. (laughs) Let's not jump the gun. Because we're we're about to uh, go into the seance. Yeah. Oh, this is now. This is where this is where Clay comes through, isn't it? She's got like three grand. Yeah. Um, and she does that. I mean, they love this in Hollywood, don't they? She does the um, go to the pawn shop and be surprised how low the amount they give you is. It's, has nobody in Hollywood ever been to Cash Generator? Oh, I love it. What do you mean it's only three grand? <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking pawn shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, it's that mo- and then you can see him counting the money out. Now, where were we? We were talking... Clay came through with the extra money to reach the 10K. Yes. And that's, and that's where he kind of comes... More of a, more of a help, more of a hero, yes. more of a, more of a something rather yeah. than a complete nothing. Yes, yeah, and I mean the seance. Um, it and again we get some of the best. We we get a, a sort of the biggest nods to the Evil Dead films. Um, during this, yeah. during this scene, because we get the we get the sort of almost like I mean I suppose they are directly they are you know. It's almost like a deadite coming back, in the way in which yeah. that you know the the people are you know the the, uh, the members of the of the seance are sort of um, are possessed and sort of uh, Kevin Foster as Milos uh, Milos when he gets possessed and is you know he's floating <sighs> directly it is directly you know that's that's Sam you know that is a deadite there um, even yeah. the makeup even the makeup there is um, you know he's got that great moment. Um, I really like I really like this scene, and it's so tense. Yeah, it's so tense. Um, and again, we get this sort of idea. Well, <laughs> we get this goat being dragged in. Oh, the 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 bit where the the goat is possessed again is where you just go to like complete comedy. Yeah. Like, again, I, I was like laughing my head off. I was like, "What is that?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you know the the set when you know the uh, she puts the she places her hand, um, you know she places her hand on the goat, 
and the goat's expression changes. Yeah. Now, because some of the some of the CG in this, I think it's fair to say, is a little bit shonky. Yeah. It yeah. Is a little bit shonky, and um, you know, however, the goat's face is really well done. It is. It is well done. It is well done. I, I liked at this scene as well the kind of the pre-visit. Yeah. When all the other ghosts turn up. Yes. And the, and she's just like you know do one and they all fade away. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's and if you blink. It's one of those blink and you'll miss him moments. Sam Raimi is one of the entities. Yeah, I read that. Of, I, didn't, I didn't see it. it that sort of, uh, that, that appears. It's like he's there and he's not there. Um, yeah. Now, the the, uh, the person the person who's, who's sort of like, they've gone to see is obviously, it's 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 the character of uh, Sean Sandena, um, played by Adriana Bazaria. Now she pops up in the um, Petty Dreadful, um, the Ooh. City of Angels, um, which only got one season, um, and she's really good in that. Um, and essentially, she's kind of playing the same character here, um, just she's much older in in Penny Dreadful. Yeah. Um, but she again, she's a great character actress, great casting. Yeah, yeah, it looks superb. I like the. Um, it becomes really kind of. It kind of gives it a lot of richness and color in this scene because she's switching from the Spanish, yeah, to the English to the Spanish to the English, and you know that that Spanish kind of rhythm to the way they talk, like yeah. it's South American, isn't it? Really yeah. gives it that authenticity of like a medium, doesn't it? Yeah really feel like we're getting into another realm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just all, all kind of works together, doesn't it? It's all little pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And I did think for a moment watching this that poor old Milos was going to be for the chop. I did yeah, think that somebody was going to like hack his foot, you know, that poor guy's head off. Um, and like yeah. when he's like floating in the air and the table's on fire. As well, I thought, oh, he's, he's going to drop into that now and he's going to go up in a puff of smoke. But instead he vomits up the cat. Yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want your cat, I want your soul. Again, and again, it's a reference to, you know, again, it's a brilliant reference to Evil Dead in there. But the fact that he vomits up a cat <laughs> is, um, I don't think, I don't think there are many films that I've ever done that really. Yeah, uh, send in your postcards to Hugh with answers. Yeah, I mean, I think Fulci came quite close in the Beyond, where somebody um, vomits their their own insides up to, and they sort of vomit to death with their yeah. own stomach. But other than such you know, a film, oh, it's a bonkers film is brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever vomited a cat. Uh, it's a new one. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think it is. Um, but it's a great moment. And they sort of, you know, they realise then that the only way that they can do it is they've got to dig up Ganush. Well, it's good to see in the end of the seance. Um, so the Sa- Sandena, she dies, doesn't she? She um, Yes. Yeah. Just before she banishes um, Lamaya. Yes. And... 
Christine thinks it's all over, doesn't she? She's yes. like, oh, we did it, we did it. And then Jazz, unfortunately, has to say, uh-uh. all we did was get him out of the room. Yeah. You know, day three tomorrow, it's, you know, cooking time. And, yeah. uh, and that's where he tells her that she's got to give the button, doesn't he? So he seals yeah. it up in the envelope and says, you know, whoever you give this to, will be dragged to hell, basically. Because that's when she rocks up to the diner, doesn't she? And she's trying to think about who, you know, who to do. And I was, this seems really interesting because there's a guy, there's a guy at the table, sat at the table, you know, he's got an oxygen mask on, looks about, looks about 100 years old. Yeah. And she thinks, oh, well, if I give it to him, you know, he's going to die soon anyway. He's going to die soon, but he's probably not going to hell. No. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? There's that moment Mass- going, now, you haven't got a long left. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe he's done some bad shit and we'll just get him there quicker. Mum. <laughs> she can't but, make that call. Yeah, but again, I think it goes back to just how human her character is. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I've got to be honest, I probably would have been tempted of just slipping the the pot the, the, uh the button in the in Jazz's back pocket as he went off. Oh, I'd give it anyone, me. <laughs> <laughs> Just anyone. There you are. Something for you. There you go, mate. Well, she even says, didn't she, to the uh, the waitress who's been a dick. Yeah. And she yeah. says, uh, just says to, her, I'll give you a tip you'll never forget. Yeah. And like threatens her with the envelope. Yeah, brilliant. You know, it's a it, it, it again. There's this sort of humanity to her character. And, I, you know, one of the things I sort of, I you can kind of, you know, I think Hitchcock talked about this, is that you can, you have to have a release for tension. Yeah. And I think this is where, this is where Drag Me to Hell kind of sort of, it builds it up and then we get a gag. Builds it up, then we get a gag. Builds it up, yeah. then we get a gag, and it never, there's never the like that sort of sustained moment, and then you get the release. Yeah, it's, it, it's very much punchline gag, punchline gag, punchline gag. Um, I mean, it worked. Don't get me wrong. It, there are moments in this where it works really, really well, and there are other times where it does sort of derail the film a little bit. And I think that's that that that's kind of that that some of the this is where it kind of goes with. At times, yeah. with it, with it, and then we sort of, and the moment in the in the cemetery. Well, she phones. Um, I wanted to call him Wu, which is his character in the Grim. Yeah, uh, she 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 calls up Stu, doesn't yeah. she? And he yeah. and he ter- she says like, "You got to get here or tell the boss that you've stolen the file." Yeah, um, and he gets her, and then just cries. And then she's like, "Oh no, just do one." Yeah, and and it's such a weird scene. Yeah, I think it's like it's probably the worst scene in the whole film. It's sort because of, it it doesn't it it does if I think if it had ended with I, her just deciding not to give that old person uh, a one way ticket to hell. Yeah, <laughs> which you know, which I'm kind of glad she didn't. Um. And it and just decided that was it. She was going to move on from there. 
I think it works quite well. Um, yeah. But then bring in, uh, I nearly call him Wu then, bring in, <laughs> bring in Stu's character in. Um, doesn't quite work. No, it was, it's because he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say like, oh, I only want the promotion because my wife's lost her leg. Yeah. Or, and she can't work or anything. He just turns up. She says, I know that you stole the file. I'm going to give you a gift. And he cries. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, she's like, oh, well, I'm not going to give you the gift now. And he's like, I thought you wanted to give me a gift. Don't tell the boss. And then as we find out later, he just goes and tells the boss anyway. So none of it kind of makes sense. But that, yeah. That scene's kind of shit. Yeah. It doesn't it it doesn't sort of it doesn't bring anything to it, does it? It doesn't sort Nothing of, at all. No. And I think I mean I know it's trying to set up that sort of moment where, you know, everything we think you know you know, spoiler alert come in, where we think she's got away with everything and it's yeah. all good and like you know, the bad guys getting what getting their comeuppance. But actually, in this case, not. Um, yeah. But it doesn't bring anything, and it just sort of slows things down a little bit. Yeah, it's just a bit. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then we sort of, you know, we get, and then we get this great scene, um, in the cemetery. Yeah, and, and like so, even the journey to the cemetery. <laughs> I quite, I kind of like. Um... There's a there's a, a like and dislike in this build up. So I like that she goes back to jazz. Yeah. And I like I like the way he deduces that you can gift you can make a gift to a dead person because the soul is still intact effectively is what he says, isn't it? Yeah. You can gift you can give a gift to the soul because that's why lots of cultures give leave things at gravesides and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, and then she's driving she, to the to the cemetery or graveyard if you're in the UK. Yes. And um, that bloody handkerchief yeah. bit. <laughs> I just like fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> that's not rag. And like uh, when it gets like when it like almost goes down her throat, and she catches it. Yeah, that's that bit's genius. Because she does, it's like pink, pinky and thumb, well, finger yeah. and thumb, isn't it? Yeah. Just, but, I mean, come on. However, I, and again, this is a very Sam Raimi thing, is where she got it on the floor and she stamps on it, and it almost, like, goes, ow. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love I love silly little humour like that. It, well, it, it, I would like to find out if there's a soundbite there from... Uh, what are you? Are you me from Army yeah. of Darkness? Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the little, the little ashes. Yeah, because it it sounded just like when he steps on one of them. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, in so in so many ways, I think Christina is sort of borderline a female Ash. Yeah, you could imagine Bruce Campbell playing this. This. Yeah. This could have imagine been... Bruce Campbell playing anything. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but then you could almost sort of feel like I mean, I suppose this could this would fit, and it fits very, very well into the sort of Evil Dead universe. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I, and I think she sort of Alison, you know, Alison Lohman has done a really, really good job here because yeah. the physicality is there for her. 
and then we get there, there are so many nods to the evil dead throughout this film yeah you know, like you said about this we've got like you know <laughs> the fact that you know the lead is just physically abused from <laughs> the beginning right to the end and you know when she's digging up digging in the graveyard yeah you know again we get that sort of um we get that moment um we get that great you know it's like it's, it's like ash again burying his girlfriend's body in the yeah. evil dead you know th- there's that moment you know and when he, even when she opens up the coffin this whole scene is brilliant yeah it's you know and again there's more there's more gunk that falls in her mouth and just you know she ramps she you know you think that she's out and then it's raining and it starts filling with the water and she's trying to scramble it's horrible it's yeah. horrible <laughs> and then she gets smacked on the head by the, the crucifix no- the noise <laughs> it makes dong. yeah and she goes under you know yeah. and i mean again even you know again she gets her hair ripped out um yeah by the corpse which again is like the direct you know is that reference to bobby joe in evil dead 2 um i love that bobby joe <laughs> um it's just, it's really good how the grave fills up yes. to allow, allow her to get out. Yes. So yeah. it's kind of, it's a mechanism, isn't it? So the crucifix falls, hits her on the head, but then crosses the grave, and then the grave fills. Yeah. And it, and it's a mechanism for her to get out. Yeah. Which is really smart. It's really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 great. It is a great, great, great moment, and 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 it, she becomes a final girl at that point, doesn't she? Yeah. In a way, well, she's, <clears> she's got real, it. yeah. She's she's dripping wet, absolutely filthy, you know, <clears throat> shattered but victorious. Yeah, and I mean, even like the way in which she emerges with the hand out. It's yeah. you know that's the you know that's a direct reference to the the original Evil Dead Evil Dead poster from 1981 that is a direct reference and it's it's a great moment for it's for that character and you kind of think she's done it she's got there yeah um we're we're ready for the uh hollywood ending yes you know and she gets the phone call and she's getting a promotion and then she's going to meet her boyfriend and they're going to go to a cabin never a good idea in the woods (laughs) So not a good idea. And then we realise that it's not quite going to work out. So this bit here, um, I'm not a screenwriter, director, producer, or anything, but I would have done this differently. So she buys a new jacket, doesn't she? And she meets yeah. Clay on the platform. Yeah. And he says, oh, you've got a new jacket. And then he's like, what happened to the old one? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm done with it. And he went, oh, well, I found your button or whatever. The button was in the envelope. And then we realise that she's basically given his liberty coin to uh, yeah. the soul of Ganesh. Yes. And, but it's like that exchange would never happen, would it? It would have been better if he'd, like, you'd have seen him it's like two ways I was thinking after watching it. It's two ways I would have done this scene. One was that he'd got the her original coat repaired. 
after finding the button. Yeah. And she turned up and was a bit chilly. And he's like, oh, I've got your coat. And then she notices the buttons on it. Yeah. Or he's just like, I don't know, um, sees that she's got a new coat. And so then you like to see him like shrug and put the envelope back in his pocket or something. Yeah. yeah. And then the earth. Uh, I just thought because his delivery was terrible. Yeah, he does kind of uh, he, he does kind of blow it a little bit. Oh, uh, it chews on it, doesn't he? Like a bit of gristle. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Well, I found your button. You must have my liberty coin." And it's and it's so badly done, and it's like stark as well. It yeah. its delivery is stark against the rest of the movie. It's just yeah. like, "Whoa, man!" Yeah, we we tired at this point. Yeah. Um, but then we get, and it, and it's just the setup for it. To back onto the onto the tracks, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, in terms of if you think that this is going to have a happy ending, you're very much mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> because, like it says on the tin, she trips, falls onto the railway tracks. There's an on. There's a speeding train approaching approaching her, and then suddenly, the ground opens up, and she is. Dragged to hell. Dragged, literally. Yes. By many screaming. Yes. Yeah. And I like how the last one like pulls a head. Yeah. In. Yeah. Like, shut up and get get in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Do you know what? I like the ending. I love a downer of an ending. I have always loved yeah. a downer of oh, an yeah. ending. Yeah. Um, I just wish the execution was a little bit on his part. Yeah. Was a little bit, just a little bit better, and I mean, like the fact that you know, at the beginning of the film, he seals up the envelope. You know, it's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is yeah. like it is like the it's the greatest. You know, it's one big Chekhov's gun. Yeah, it is it one totally big is. Chekhov's gun. Um, I don't know why I'm holding my hand up. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sat here so it is the biggest and like my hand is raised I don't know why keep it up there. I have no idea why it's like you're, you're testifying I am I'm preaching to the choir <laughs> no it's um, it just could have been done better I think and it could have been done It it's it's a fall from the, the general quality of the film it's just like really weirdly shit yeah and you're yeah. like but then it and then the scene of the floor opening up and everything is really cool and like what we, what you want, isn't it? Dragging me to hell, that's yeah. what you want. Yeah. But he doesn't he, quite deliver the one two punch it needs. No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Because then it because of the way he delivered it as well, it feels weird that yeah. she's going, Oh, I'm walking backwards. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It was Yeah, I would And it was it was good to have the, the oncoming train and stuff like that, which you know, added a bit of drama. Yeah. But yeah. I just think, yeah, the, yeah, that's, but other than that, really, really good film. So let's do it then. What, let's... what didn't work for you then? Apart from dodgeball guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, I think the kind of, Scary, funny, scary, funny, scary, funny, scary, funny. Yeah. Formula to this film, 
um, sometimes really missed the mark. Yeah. I know it's a Sam Raimi, and I know that that's what he does, but sometimes he shouldn't have. So the garage, for instance, um, it didn't need it didn't need the anvil, it didn't need the arm in the throat, it didn't need anything other than the jump scare. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a little. It's a little too comedic at times. Yeah. Because as we said earlier, like. It could have been really, really scary. So you get that introduction into what Sam Raimi can do if he wants to be yeah. absolutely terrifying. Yes. Um, and leave it, you know, because that scene, there was no release, was there? We were just left Oh yeah. kind yeah. of like, oh, oh, my God. Um, so I think in places it was like, I, I didn't like the scene where she went back to the house to the to you know to apologize and beg for forgiveness and yeah. it was the the wake now and the I, coffin I, and i and it's just i i really enjoyed that scene i really... but it's it's ridiculously hilarious it, it's like a benny hill movie or something I, like that i was i mean i'm I terrible the, at funerals uh, i am I, terrible at funerals i'm a laugher oh uh, and I can just imagine being at something like that and, that and just the total disaster of it happening and pissing myself laughing. But again, that moment where the, where she falls on top of her. I know, yeah, and she's like, there's lots of fluids. Yeah. Uh, and then people are still dancing. Yeah. And I don't know, man, it was just like, I, could, I imagine like, you know, Benny Hill coming out with his sexy party girls and running round the coffin. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. And I think in terms of the context of this film, again, it's one of those scenes that takes you out of it. Yeah. It takes the pace out of the film. And there are, and like we said about the, you know, when this film lands, it 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 lands big time. When yeah. it misfires, it takes it 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 takes you out to the film. It yeah. jars you out yeah. to the film, and there are mo- and like as much as I do love the funeral scene, you are right. It doesn't quite work in terms of the context of the who. It could have been handled differently, and I think it would have had the same effect. Yeah, there's a, just a few. There's a few elements to it that drag it down. Yeah. That were on the whole kind of unnecessary yeah you know it's like she goes to the door she sees the niece whoever it is yeah oh she's passed away do you know what i mean and then she can give her some shit like oh you used to be a fat girl didn't you yeah, that's Which, a really horrible that's yeah, such a mean thing to say um didn't you used to be a fat girl yeah um and then <laughs> Um, but the big one for me, I mean, we've we've discussed this before about practical effects and making film yeah. on film and that kind of thing. The CGI on this is bad in a lot of places and fantastic in others. So, like, the seance is fantastic. Yeah. The blood volcano just looks 
atrocious. You know, when she's stabbing the cat, I mean, I know it's off screen, but the blood spurting up, it's like watching Family Guy. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, yeah, it's not good. I think it's a really good film. It's a really enjoyable film. And I think watching it again, I will enjoy it more than the first time, which is quite the opposite of what I'm usually like. Yeah. But because I didn't know anything, I didn't know what to expect and I didn't know what I was going to get. And we were, the opening is so good. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of built up to like a bona fide classic, aren't we? Like this is high quality horror that we're going to get. Yeah. And then it's snatched away. Yeah. It's dragged away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But now I know what it is. I think the next time I watch it, I'll enjoy it more. Yeah, I'm with you. I, so, I Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. And it's, I think it's... Once you know what you're looking for, and I think the frustrating thing with this film is it's a combination of... There's great puppetry work in this. There's great prosthetics work in this. Greg Nicotero is behind... Um, behind the sort of the, all the makeup effects and those kind of things. Um, but the green screen, again, it's a bit jarring and it kind of takes it yeah. away at times. And some of the, you know, and, and like you said, it's sort of, it, it's a bit hit and miss. It is a bit yeah. hit and miss in this. I mean, one of my favorite, I love the fact that Peter uh, Deming was back on board, um, who, was the, who was the cinematographer um, on um, Evil Dead 2. And I love the fact that he was able to... It really recaptures some of those moments um, for the Evil Dead films, but doesn't quite... um, It doesn't quite get to the same kind of heights as as the Evil Dead films. It doesn't quite get there. It doesn't sort of reach that pinnacle of it. Um, I think Alison Lohman is superb in this. Yeah, I I think the casting is great. I think the costume department did a phenomenal job. It's shot really well. Yeah. And then you stick that CGI in there. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, 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 and some hammy laughs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you lose something. Yeah, yeah. It's got a great score as well, mind you. It's got a mm. really good score to this. Um, yeah, it has. It, it's got a really, really good score. Um, I mean, this film, when it came out, was a financial success. I mean, the budget yeah. was thirty million. It went on to make 90, 90 plus million. Yeah, um, perfect. It, it's you know really, really well critically, uh, really well acclaimed. What's interesting yeah. is the lots of people wanted a sequel to it, um, but Sam Raimi said he doesn't know how to tell the story and he thinks it's done, which yeah. I think actually yeah. good for him and it's and, and rightly so because I think the story is done. I think yeah. it's, it, it's a one and done for this. It doesn't need to be a yeah. franchise. Um, I agree. I agree, Muscular. I really enjoyed this film. So, here we go. This, scores on the doors. So, I think this will go up in time. Yeah. But I'm going to score a seven initially. Yeah, I, I was kind of coming in around about a 7.5, maybe an eight. Yeah, I think I could get there. Like I say, it's just to be given that magnificent opening and and 
first scenes that lead us, you know, to the spiritual entity attack. Yeah. To that point where you're like, oh man, this is going to be somewhere else. To what we get yeah. with some real, real high points. But it's like there's some, there's just some kind of, like you say, the whole um, Laurel and Hardy, Three Stooges kind yeah. of boing. Yeah. Yeah. It kind, kind of, of, it detracts. Yeah. Deadens the whole thing a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It de- and it, it sort of, you know, this is, this film isn't a long film. It's, you know, it was in 99 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it, it sort of, it moves quite quickly, but it could have been, I think, could have been a lot slicker and a lot tighter. And if it had been a little bit slicker and a little bit tighter, I think we would have got a better film. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I know when I watch it again, I know it's going to be a riot. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's going to be, going to be great. And it and it's kind of sometimes films are better when you know what's coming. Yes. Yeah. Because you you smile. Before it's happening, you know, you set yourself up for, oh, here comes the here comes the amble, yeah, or and like the quality of some of the jump scares in this is going to get you again and again. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. And I mean, I you know, like I said, I've seen this before, and the big jump scares got me. I think it, yeah. you do get exhausted by the number of them by yeah. the time you by the time it's through. But that you know, the scene in the shed in the garage. Where she, you know, just just bursts yeah. out. That is just that is. I think so well done. Yeah, it, it, perfect. It, it, it's perfect. It, that's how you do a jump scare. Yeah, absolutely. That jump scare is perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, my friend, as we wrap this bad boy up, is there anything you think we've missed? I don't think so. I think we've done a. I think we've done a pretty good job on this. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you recommended it. Um, definitely, uh, I music magpied it, so I'll definitely keep it on the shelf. Yeah. Not going in the bin. Um, yeah, I just think great. The high points of this film are really high. Yeah. Really high. And I don't think that that should be taken away from it. I think it's, it's a, it's a quality movie. It sustains it, doesn't it? There's, there yeah. is enough in this to sustain it. So, yeah. my friend, where can the good people find you when you were not lurking on the Undead Wookiee? Uh, on Instagram. Uh, alt movies on Instagram. Uh, I will start posting more reviews and stuff at some point um, if I can get out of the VR world. <laughs> <laughs> Live in your lawnmower man fantasy. Oh, yeah. Man. The film, not the book. <laughs> Oh, no, man, it was uh, just great fun to be on again. Happy New Year, by the way. Oh, yes, I, yeah. I wished you Happy New Year. So, Happy New Year, yeah, mate. Bloy the new da. So, yeah, Happy New Year. Yeah. So, and I'll be back. I'll you, be back. You definitely will be back, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. My, my pleasure, mate. Thanks you have a good much. one. You take care now, my friend, and I shall speak to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs> As always, I want to say a huge thank you to my fantastic co-host, Darren, for being on. Thank you so much. It was so much fun talking Drag Me to Hell. 
Um, great film. Definitely, if you haven't seen it, why? Go check it out now. Pause this, come back, go and check it out. Okay, up next, we have got What the Wookiee Watched. And up first, we have got The Phantom of the Opera from 1989. Let's check out the trailer. Some stories have so great a power that with each new generation, they are reborn. There's a feeling, a passion. But it had to come from somewhere. This was no phantom. Ghosts do not skin their victims. This is the work of an artist. We will make music that the world will love forever. Take the last step to me. You are the angel. You are my voice. I feel him and I hear him. I don't want this feeling ever to go away. The Phantom of the Opera. The all-time horror classic. The Phantom is real. It has a name is now a major motion picture. You love the music. I am the music. A lot of people are dead, Mr. Dutton, and the murderer is in your house. Someone is doing murder in Christine Day's name. Our souls are one. Robert Englund is... The Phantom of the Opera. The Phantom of the Opera. Only love and music are forever. Okay, that was the trailer for The Phantom of the Opera from 1989. This was directed by Dwight H. Little. It was written by Jerry O'Hara and Duke Sandfeld, of course, based on the original book by Gaston Leroux. Um, this is, I mean, pretty much everybody knows the story of The Phantom of the Opera, don't they? But this one's a little bit di different. They kind of tweaked it a bit. There's a bit of time travel thrown in there. Um, and what we've got is, of course, we have the story of a young soprano, Christine Daae, who becomes the obsession of a disfigured musical genius who will stop at nothing to see his protégé. Protégé? Protégé, yes, that's better. Protégé, reach the top. Um, this stars Robert Englund, of course, as the Phantom, uh, Jill uh, Shuleen as Christine, Alex Hyde-White as Richard Dutton, and Bill Nighy pops up. Yes, Mr. Love actually himself. Um, this was uh, produced by legendary producer, of course, uh, Menachem Golem. Um, following the end of Canon Films, this was released under his, uh, his company, 21st Century Corporation. Um, he spent a lot of his own money on this. Um, sadly, didn't quite do the box office that it wanted. Um, however, this is a gory, schlocky tale, like I said, with a bit of time travel thrown in there. Um, it's, um, it's not Andrew Lloyd Webber, so don't expect that. Um, however, the music is very, very good in this. It is really, really good. And England is superb as the Phantom. 
Um, and he's just, you can clearly see he is loving every, every moment uh, of this, hamming it up. Um, this is really gory. There are some great kills in this. Um, it, Like I said, it's, it's schlocky, it's gory, it's campy. It's a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, and for me, it's a 7 out of 10. Go check it out. Okay, next up on What the Wookie Watch, we have got Splatter University from 1984. Let's check out the trailer. First, you were frightened by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then you were terrorized by Halloween. And now, prepare to be pulverized, traumatized, and hospitalized by... <laughs> Splatter U. More horrifying than you could possibly imagine. Unlike anything you've ever seen. And more. Hey guys, let's party! Splatter University. Where the school colors are blood red, and not only classes are cut. Han? If you think you're funny, you're not! At Splatter U, everyone parties and has a ball. <laughs> At Splatter U, it's not whether you pass or fail, but whether you live. <laughs> or die. And when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> Yes, at Splatter U, the only requirement is survival. Splatter U, it's the only education you'll ever need. Enroll now at a theater near you and earn a higher degree in blood-dripping terror. Splatter U. That was the trailer for Splatter University from 1984. Oh God, that is a great trailer. I love those old trailers, particularly when you get you know, when you can still hear the hiss. I love that little sort of the background hiss to it. The the great synthy uh, soundtrack, the the brilliant voiceover. I did that. That's great. That's what we need more of. Um, Splatter University was directed by Richard Haynes, or in this case he was down as Richard W. Haynes. Um, it was also written by himself and Michael Cunningham. It stars uh, Forbes Riley, Rick Randig, Laura Gold and Dick Beale. And it follows the story of a young college lecturer um, who lands a teaching job at a private Catholic school. And very, very quickly, all those around us start being bumped off in various grisly ways. Um Interesting little fact uh, about this is the director actually plays uh, Father Perkins um, because the original actor who was hired for the role um, didn't show up. So he stepped in um, and he gives a really good performance, actually. And this one came pretty much towards the tail end of the golden sort of era of the slasher movie. Um, Splatter University is great low budget fun um look any film that kicks things off with a stab into the nether regions of an unsuspecting male psychiatric nurse um i think deserves to be watched 
<laughs> it's a really, really fun, low-budget movie, um, and they should be commended for what they did. And for me, this one is a 5 out of 10. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Our time together has come to an end. I know, I know, it's been all too fleeting. But as always, I want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for following on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, we've got a big year coming up. Um, however, I think the first thing we all need to sort of make sure that we're doing is that we're staying safe. We're washing our hands. We're staying indoors. We're being kind to each other. We're looking after each other because it's difficult at the moment. And thank you once again for all of your interactions, all your likes and everything else. It means an awful lot to the show. And so that is all that is left for me to say in the immortal words of Count Duckula. Good night out there, whatever you are.